You're listening to the Grace Covenant East Lincoln Audio Podcast. Good morning, everybody. Obviously, I am not Pastor Stan. Um, For those of you who don't know, he is actually on his way back here. Uh, Him and Cammie were out in California because he just finished his master's program. So he's been working on that for about two years, and he is done. So, yeah. So when you see him next week, I'm sure he's excited, but make sure to give him a congratulations. But also make sure to remember you can't talk to him like a college kid anymore. You got to talk to him like an adult, but um, but not. <laughs> um, but I am here to share with you guys today. I'm excited about it. Um, for those of you I haven't met, I'm Pastor Nick, and I'm usually down over on the other side of the building with the students. But uh, I get to be with you guys today, and I'm excited about that. Um, it just seems like it's been a good morning so far. Even that worship, it's like, man, God is good. And, um, and I don't know if anyone else is enjoying the Florida sun that we've been getting, some of that 90-degree weather, right? Okay, maybe not. Some runners out there that aren't too excited, but I'm excited. Um, and it just seems like it's been a good season uh, for our church lately. I mean, even talking about the missions barbecue, uh, the serve day that happened a couple weeks ago, all the things coming up like VBS, uh, the missions trips, the camps. It just seems like it's a great time uh, for our church. A lot of great opportunities, not just to be in the building on a Sunday or a Wednesday, but, but also for the church to be going out and loving our community. Um, and so with that, I, I think it's fitting, actually, that we are coming to an end and we're going to be discussing the final uh, week of the series that we've been on the past four weeks called Toxic. Um, so things are going really well. We're going to be talking about Toxic, but, um, but I think it's actually fitting because if you look at the, the theme verse that we've been talking about the past couple weeks, um, there's a reason why it's so important for us to be discussing what we have been. And the theme verse, for those of you who haven't been here, uh, comes out of Proverbs chapter 4, and it's verse 23. It should be up on the screen, but it says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. And so really the the whole point of what we've been talking about the past couple weeks is the fact that, hey, the things that we allow into our lives, the things that we allow into our hearts, the things that, that we think about and allow to influence us will have a direct impact on the way we talk to other people, the way we handle situations, the way we present ourselves, it'll flow directly out of us and it'll, it'll make us look different um, depending on what things we allow to impact us. So the whole point of this series has been how do we make sure we avoid the things and we guard our hearts against things out there that are toxic? And in your notes, you should have um, a definition that we've been talking about, about what toxic is. And something that is toxic is anything containing poisonous material capable of causing serious sickness or even death. So as people, what this proverb is telling us is we ought to make sure that we avoid the toxic things coming into our, into our lives, whether that be into our heart, our influences, whatever it might be, so that when we're communicating with other people, when we're out in the world, we're not influencing other people with toxic things, well, we're influencing the world and being a light to the world with life-giving things. And that's something that I feel like regardless of who you are, what season of life you're in, that's something that we all got to be reminded of from time to time. 
Because I think we all struggle with times where um, you, things might be going great, things might be going really well, but we all end up kind of falling back into an idea where we might allow some outside, some hurtful, some toxic things to infiltrate our thoughts and everything like that. In fact, even um, King David, who was the king of Israel, a guy that had everything going for him, who was anointed and chosen by God to lead the people of Israel, a guy that could be considered having everything going for him, found himself from time to time struggling with some toxic influences in his life. You know, if you look at, at the Psalms as a whole, for the most part, we see him when he's praying to God, uh, singing like rejoiceful things, praising God, thanking him for everything going on. But there's other times in, in his prayers where we see he's actually dealing with some doubt and he's actually dealing with some struggles. And so um, real quick, just to look at one of those prayers from David in Psalm 13, verses 1 through 4, it says, How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? And how long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him. And my foes will rejoice when I fall. So even the king of Israel the man that, that could really be seen as someone that's got everything pointing in the right direction in his life, when he wasn't careful, he allowed some outside influences to cause him to doubt, cause him to get depressed, cause him to really struggle in his day-to-day life. And that can happen to us as well. So the past couple of weeks, we've heard from Pastor Stan, Pastor Farrell, talk about some of the, the toxic things in our lives that we need to make sure that we protect ourselves from. And some of those things are like toxic religion, influences, thoughts. And so today I get to finish um, this series about talking about toxic words. Because how many of us know that words can be pretty powerful things in our lives? Specifically, when we're talking about toxic words, um, we can define that as words that can crush one's spirit, words that can destroy relationships, and words that can cause people to act in ways that are detrimental to their own well-being. How many of us, whether or not you've actually used the phrase or not, have ever heard the saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never... Yeah, how many of us know that's just not true? You know, George Costanza would say about this, he would just be like, that's bupkis. (laughs) Not true at all. Um, I think actually Pastor Craig Rochelle reworded it best, where he said sticks and stones might bruise us for a couple of days, but toxic words can harm us for years and years and years, sometimes in ways we don't even know. But at the same time, as much as words can be hurtful to us, uh, words can be powerful. Words can be great things in our lives. I mean, how many of us can think of a moment where someone spoke a word of encouragement to you or or said something that that you really needed to hear and it altered your mood like instantaneously? Like that one thing that was said to you changed your entire day. Words are powerful. Words have a lot of weight to them. And so as we're kind of looking at this, I just want to start with looking at a couple of different proverbs. And these proverbs, they just show us really how much words can impact 
not only ourselves, but the people around us. And I think it's so fitting that when you look at Proverbs, when you look at one of the wisest men in Scripture who took the time to write down some words for us to be thinking about, how many times he actually addressed the idea of the things that we speak, the things that we hear. So let's look at a couple of these Proverbs real quick. Starting with Proverbs 12:18, it says, The words of the reckless pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. How many of us can agree that, that the wrong word or the wrong statement at a time can, it, it can feel like a sword, can feel like a gut punch? Sometimes it could be something real small or, or maybe, maybe something that, that wasn't meant to be mean, like, oh, so you decided to do that with your hair, huh? Or, 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 or maybe some guys know this, like, oh, so you're going to wear that on our date? Um, when we moved up here from Florida, we didn't hear this saying as much, but it's, it's, a, it's a jab in disguise. Have you guys ever heard the statement? Oh, bless your heart. Oh, someone already knew it. Someone already knew I was going to say it because I learned the hard way. That is not something as a compliment. Um, but really, there's also times where, where they're more direct and they're more severe, you know? Like, why can't you be more like so-and-so? Or, you know, I, I just don't feel the same way about you as I did. You know, maybe it's just like, I, I just don't love you anymore. And those are words that, you know, we hope we never hear in our lives. But at the end of the day, if, if it comes across, then, I mean, those are words that will impact you for, for a long time. Words can feel like, like a sword in the gut, but also the right words can bring healing to a tough situation. You know, maybe, maybe there's a time in your life where you, where you were struggling or you were holding on to something and someone at the right moment just said, you know what, that wasn't your fault. Or maybe you had a, a, a coach or, or a teacher or, or maybe a, a father figure in your life just looked at you and for the first time said, you know what, I'm super proud of you. Or maybe you and, and your, your boyfriend or your girlfriend, maybe you're, you're looking to get married and you guys have been working on communicating and someone's just really good at saying, you know what, I just love you more and more every single day. We can be going through a lot of pain and a lot of hurtful times, but with the right word, it can bring healing and it can alter our entire outlook on life. Let's look at another one. Uh, Proverbs 13.3 says, Those who guard their lips preserve their lives, but those who speak rashly will come to ruin. So it's not just about the words that we hear, but it's also about the words that we speak. And really, the words that we speak aren't, isn't just going to impact the people we're communicating to, but they can have just as much of an impact on our own lives. How many of you have ever been in a heated discussion and, and you're saying something and, and you're saying it out of a frustrated place and, and in that moment you're already thinking, I wish I could stop saying what I'm saying right now because I really don't want this to be coming out of my mouth. You know, does anyone here watch um, This Is Us? If you're not, you really should be. But um, we finally caught up uh, on the season finale, and there was a, a married couple arguing at the very end. And they're both heated. They both have some good points. They both have some bad points. But uh, there's a point in that discussion where, boom, one statement was made. I'm not going to ruin it for you. Go watch it. But something was said, 
And you know that that moment, that statement, was going to last a lot longer than that 10-minute argument. You know, we don't even realize, but if we're not careful, the words that we say can cause us to ruin our relationships with other people, ruin the situations or the opportunities that we have. We have to make sure that we're conscious of what we're actually allowing, allowing out of our mouth. Proverbs 15.4 says, The soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. That's where we get our, our, our definition of toxic words. And then Proverbs 18.21, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. And all these verses are key and all these are important, but basically what, what we just need to acknowledge, and I think what we can all agree on, is the fact that words are powerful. And depending on, on what kind of mindset you have when you're using words or receiving words, it can have a direct effect on your entire life. So what I want to do in just a few minutes that we have together is just talk about some ideas when it comes to toxic words, whether they're being spoken to us, whether we're speaking to other people. How can we look at words? How can we look at toxic words and make sure that we're approaching them um, with God-honoring uh, mindsets, God-honoring opportunities, as opposed to just allowing them to affect our lives in, in the wrong way? Um, and the first one, the first idea that I want to talk about comes right back to that proverb that we need to guard our heart against toxic words. We need to do everything we can to protect ourselves from toxic words, because at the end of the day, we can't always guard our ears from those words. We can't always guard our situation or our environment from those words, because we can't control what other people might say. We can't control what comments people might make about us, but what we can do is control and filter and keep ourselves aware of the words that we allow to having a lasting impact on our lives. You know, working with students, um, it's getting more interesting working with students as I get older because I'm trying to keep up with like what's going on in culture. Um, but now I'm getting more and more out of like relevant culture. So I'm really starting to recognize it. But um, what I try to do when I'm working with students is I try to keep up with, like, you know, what are some things that, that people are struggling with nowadays? What are like the new things that are causing struggles? And there's always things that there's things that I would say every generation probably has to deal with. Every generation has to work against. But there's also stuff that's, that's brand new to the kids nowadays that, that none of us have ever had to deal with growing up. You know, and one of those things is social media, technology, instant access to information, direct messaging, comments, you know, more and more relationships with people we've never even met face to face. But what's interesting, if you look at the research about that, is that What's starting to happen is students and, and generations as they get older are putting more and more value on just having all the information they can and putting less value about knowing what's true. So the important aspect isn't about knowing what's true. It's just knowing what options there are. So when you put that in the context of words and what's being communicated, people are becoming less and less worried about what's true about themselves, but they just want to hear what everyone has to say. 
So when you're on social media and you see those nasty comments, you see a direct message, cyberbullying is more prevalent now than ever. I mean, they're taking that all in. And if we don't filter those things, if we don't protect ourselves from what everyone is saying, then what happens is we get the truth put into our lives, we get the lies put into our lives, but eventually we can't tell which one's what, and it becomes all mixed together, and we can start believing in lies in ourselves. Which is why it's so important for us to be able to filter and protect ourselves from the lies that are out there about us. We need to reject the negative things, the things that are untrue that our people are saying. And we need to remember, hey, the thing that's true about me, the thing I need to remember, can only come from what God says about me. Because we are not, you are not what other people say about you. You're not the good things people said about you. You're not even the bad things people say about you. But you are what God says about you. And we have to make sure we do everything we can to guard ourselves from that. Um, Kevin Durant, just to give you a relevant example, anyone watching the NBA playoffs? Anyone happy that the Golden State are going to win? No? But um, Kevin Durant, one of the greatest players out in the league right now. Um, one of the best players ever. Uh, he's got everything going for him. He, his contract's going to end. He'll, he'll be the most sought-after player out in the league. Um, just a guy that's got everything you can imagine. And he was in an interview a couple weeks ago, and he finally was getting frustrated with the interviewers. And he finally just says, like, you know what? I'm Kevin Durant. You guys know who I am. And it was like this moment where like you can see like he was a little bit conceited, a little bit prideful. But you know what? You're thinking he's a player like he probably there's probably some truth in the things that he's saying. But what's interesting about it for a guy that can give a, a persona of so much confidence, the same guy a couple years ago, um, they caught him having a, a burner Twitter account um, and so basically what he was doing is he made a, a fake account with a fake name so that he could go online and he could go start arguing back and commenting at people that were saying negative things about him. This guy that, that has everything going for him is now arguing with middle schoolers, high schoolers, total strangers because he didn't like the things that people were saying. I mean, could you imagine if we could just eliminate and not worry about the negative, untrue things people were saying about us and just focus on what we knew to be true? Because we all find ourselves in those situations. And we have to do what we can to guard ourselves from those toxic words because really they're more, um, they're more available to us now more than ever. So we have to guard ourselves from them. Point number two um, and this is an action we need to take. We need to speak life-giving words to others every chance we get. We need to speak life-giving words to others every chance we get. Not some of the chances we get. Not in place of some of the toxic comments we make. We need to speak life-giving words any opportunity there is. Which means for some of us, we probably have to hold the tongue a little bit. Maybe if you're really quick with the thumbs on that text message, like you need to stop that. Um, maybe for us, it's maybe maybe you're just more quiet and you don't normally speak 
words of truth, words of encouragement all the time, and you need to just be willing to do it. You know, for, for my wife and I, one of the small examples we have is my wife always calls me, she always calls me Nikki Boo, um, which, which, which is cute for my wife to say. It wasn't as cute when my brother said it to me from the very beginning. So like my brother started it, my wife continues it, and now like every sixth grader in our youth group now uses it as well. So, um, and it sounds like one of those small things, and it's not a big deal, but for me, what it communicates, is it's a term of endearment. It's a term of, hey, I'm not mad at you, but you are the person I love. You are the person I care about in this moment. And for her, it's the same thing. I call her Naj all the time, but there are times where, where I'll just call her Natalie, and she's like, why'd you call me Natalie? <laughs> And, and it's nothing bad, and it's nothing negative, and it's nothing out of a hurtful place. But what it is, is it's a missed opportunity to be able to let her know through what I am saying to her that she is the most important, most endearing person in my life right now. I mean, could you imagine if we actually were willing to speak out every positive, encouraging, uh, helpful thing that we think throughout the day? instead of letting them just kind of be afterthoughts in the wind? I mean, for, for the parent that maybe you're trying to figure out, how do I connect with my high schooler? Or maybe you're realizing it's Sunday, which means it's going to be Monday, which means you're going back to work and you got to go talk to that coworker that you're not excited about. Maybe things are going okay in your marriage, but you're, just, you're not clicking the way that you want to be. I guarantee you. If we added more and more life-giving, encouraging, supportive words to those conversations, it might not make those situations perfect, but it would make those situations better. Why? Because what we're doing in that moment, when we're willing to use encouraging words, then we're dying to ourselves and we're inviting Christ in and we're asking Christ, Lord, help my conversation, help the way I'm communicating to other people, be an example of your love for them instead of my frustration towards them. You know, in 2 Corinthians, we're called to be Christ ambassadors, and I absolutely love that. Um, Pastor Farrell, at the beginning of the year, he, he gave us a whole message about uh, the vision that we have at Grace Covenant Church, because at, at church, um, one of the things that we want for, for every person that's a part of it, uh, four things, that, that we connect with God, grow in our faith, and we serve others, and we go out and we, we go and reach the world. And, and I tell you, so many times we get really good at guarding our heart, growing in our faith, knowing what God calls us to do, but we forget about the point that God wants to use you to go and reach other people as well. Because I tell you, we live in a culture where people aren't all coming to church on a Sunday morning to hang out with encouragers. People aren't diving into their Bible on a daily basis to hear what God actually thinks about them. God might be waiting to use you to be that life-speaking truth to that person. Because we all can think of times where we remember that one thing that someone said to us, and it changed our entire lives. What if that one thought that you just kind of let blow into wind could actually turn into an opportunity to honor God and to show that person the love of Christ? 
Ephesians 4.29 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Mother Teresa said it um, as well. She said, Words which do not give the light of Christ increase the darkness. I think we can all agree that we're not called to be the darkness. We are called to be the light of Christ. And an opportunity to speak life-giving words to someone is a great way to do that. Point number three, we need to speak life-giving words to ourselves and our circumstances. And I would actually say this probably needs to be a precursor before the other two. You know, before we can filter out the toxic words in our life, we need to know what the truth about us is. You know, before, before we go and speak encouraging words to other people, we need to have an awareness of what those words actually are, and we need to believe it ourselves. You know, in Mark 11, when Jesus is talking to the disciples, he tells them, he says, um, if anyone says to the mountain, go throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. So it's not just about being really good at speaking positive things, speaking life-giving things, but we also need to be believing it for ourselves and believing it when we say it to other people. Some of the times we need to realize that the things that we're so good at encouraging other people with, the Holy Spirit's just trying to speak that to you as well. You know, when I was in high school, um, you know, I was thinking about this back when Pastor Stan was talking about self-talk. You know how we're always in conversations with ourselves on a regular basis, and sometimes you wish you could shut yourself up, but you can't, and you're just you're stuck with yourself. But um, but I was thinking about that because it, it brought me back to, to um, my senior year of high school. And I was getting ready to graduate. We had a, a counselor that would come in, and she would basically, there was a group of us that she would work with for, you know, college applications, you know, making sure our resumes were all in line. And she asked for our list of schools that we were applying for. And in Florida, the the University of Florida was, was basically on most people's list just because it was probably one of the better uh, public schools in the state. And it was in state. So, I mean, it was on everyone's list. It was on my list. Um, I wasn't even really thinking about going there at the time. But she sat me down during a one-on-one meeting and she tells me like, you know what, you really should make this your reach school and you should probably be paying attention and focusing on some other applications for other places because you're probably not going to go there, which is fine. You know, it, it, for her, this was a woman that was just doing her job, was kind of looking at the information. She wasn't trying to hurt or jab me. Uh, she was just trying to help me out and counsel me through my next step in life. But I'll tell you, for me at the time, that turned into like, I mean, that was, that was the sword right there. Because for me in that moment, I wasn't hearing, I probably won't go to UF. What I was hearing is, Nick, you're not qualified. You're, you're not up to par there. You're not going to get in there. You probably should look at other options. And if I'm not careful, even to today, I can allow that to be my self-talk, you know? When I'm looking at, you know, what's going on as far as where I work or, or my next step in school, you know, if I'm not paying attention, I can easily start thinking, 
you're not qualified, you're not going to make it, you're not good enough, you should probably be looking at other options. And I know I'm not alone in that thought because I'm sure we can all be going through those moments at a time. But that's why it's so important to reject those toxic words and make sure that we're not speaking what the world has to say about us, but we're speaking the life-giving truth from Christ that we know to be truth about our lives. And that's not just about name it and claim it. That's not saying, hey, if you say anything for your life, you're going to get it. But it's about making sure we're lining up our heart and lining up what's flowing from us with what God calls about us, what God says about us. Because when we're in line with God and we line up our thoughts and our words with what God says about us and what God says about other people, then it doesn't matter what the circumstances, it doesn't matter what people are saying. All that matters is what God says about us, that we are a new creation, that we are chosen, that we are adopted into his family through the blood of Jesus. And that becomes the confidence that we get in that moment. Going back to that, that verse, or going back to that psalm that David was, was praying, you know, he was in a moment where he could have been doubting, that he could have been struggling. But the last two verses in that psalm are so powerful because in the midst of the doubt, in the midst of the struggle, in the midst of being uncertain about What's going to be happening? He says, but I trust in your unfailing love and my heart rejoices in your salvation. And I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. You know, we can't always be in control of what people are saying. We can't be in control necessarily of what toxic words and thoughts are out there about us. But what we can do is control what words that we allow into our lives and what kind of, of result is going to be flowing out of us based on the things that we believe about God and believe about ourselves because of what God says. Because we're not what the world says we are. We are what God says we are. Amen. So I just want to finish um, with a couple of quick verses. And this is actually, when I was in high school, when I was in youth group, I was a student, obviously at that age, not obviously, but unfortunately I wasn't reading the Bible as consistent as I would have liked. But, um, but my youth group gave me, uh, they gave all of us a letter. And the letter was basically just scripture verses about what God says about his people. Um, but they wrote the letter in you know, I, the Father, you, the creation kind of format, I and you, so that it became personal for us as students. And I'll tell you, it was one of those things that for someone who wasn't in the Word, who wasn't, you know, at every Sunday service, it was something that when I was struggling, doubting, dealing with toxic self-talk, it was something that I could pull out and read because it showed me what Scripture and what God's Word really said that God thought about me. And it encouraged me later on to continue to want to pursue an understanding of what God really thought about me when I had a relationship with him. So what I want to do is just finish with a couple of these verses. And if you can, just kind of sit there and listen and don't think about anything going on to your left or right, but just hear these words and hear them as if you know that God is speaking this truth about you. And then I'll close this out in prayer. But it says, in my eyes... You are a brand new creation. 
The old has passed away and the new has come. Sin is no longer your master, for you died to sin and are now alive in me. You are finally free from the slavery of sin and death. There is now no condemnation in you. All your sins are forgiven. All your unrighteousness has been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. You are now righteous in my sight with the very righteousness of my perfect son. You've been saved by grace and you have been justified by faith. You are utterly secure in me and nothing will be able to separate you from my love in Christ. No one is able to snatch you out of my hand and I will never leave you nor will I ever forsake you. Will you guys stand with me this morning as we pray? Oh Lord, we, we love you and we thank you. We thank, we thank you and um, we thank you that we know that your word is true, God. That our lives and the things that define us, it's not the things of our past, it's not what other people say about us. It's not the mistakes that we've made, but we know that our value and our fulfillment is in you and your love for us. To the fact that you sent your son to die on the cross for us. And so, God, we just surrender all of ourselves to you, God. Lord, the, the things in our past, the words that we might have said to other people, the words that we might have heard for ourselves, God, we just lay those at your cross, Lord. Because we know that it is not those words, not those things that define us. But that we are all that you say we are through your son, Jesus. We love you and we thank you for that, God. We thank you that our value isn't in anything we could do or say. But it's about belief in you and belief in your son. In your name we pray. Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.